the morning, afternoon, evening, night, or whatever time it might be. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Cho Show Podcast here on the SwaffReport.com. I am your host, JG Smooth. On this week's episode, we'll be pre, uh, pre, pre previewing the University of Central Oklahoma's opening game against Pittsburgh State uh, this Thursday at seven at seven o'clock in Pittsburgh, Kansas. Um, last episode, I broke down the roster and uh, talked a bit about each position and some of the interesting storylines and players he- uh, heading into the season. But now I want to uh, preview the actual game itself. Uh, a little bit about Pitt State. Uh, they finished eight and four last year, the same as UCO. Uh, had an identical seven and four conference. Uh, record, but finished fifth in the conference while UCO finished fourth. Uh, some of their numbers from last uh, from last season offensively, they averaged 31.8 points, points, points per game, uh, about six points a game less than UCO average. Uh, they averaged 229.2 yard, yards on the ground, 163.2 yards through the air, uh, and averaged 39, I mean 392.4 yards per game. Uh, they only allowed 17 sacks, but they didn't pass the ball a lot, as you can tell by the passing numbers. Uh, they're mainly a run-first team. I'll get more into that um, in a couple minutes. Uh, and they only allowed 17 sacks. Uh, I said that in a minute ago, but again, that's going to, and I was going to sound like that's they have a pretty good line, only 17 sacks in 12 games, but again, they don't pass the ball a lot. Uh, and they scored 49 touchdowns. So um, again, not not necessarily not a not a bad offense. It's definitely an offense geared towards, you know, uh, pounding the ball, running the clock, wearing down the defense throughout four quarters. Um, now defensively is where they really thrived, uh, only allowing 21.6 points points per game, uh, 152.8 yards on the ground, 192.9 yards through the air. And only 345.8 yards a game with 31 sacks and only 34 touchdowns allowed. Uh, those are pretty, pretty solid numbers. Uh, you know, um, you're holding teams, you know, especially in this day and age with the spread offense, holding teams to less than about three, three touchdowns a game is, is pretty darn impressive. I don't care what level of football you're on at this point. Um, and they, they allowed only 16 touchdown passes for 13 interceptions uh that's 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 pretty good ratio there i mean you're 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 darn near even on the amount of touchdowns that you allowed the interceptions that you you know got there i mean that's those are solid solid numbers so uh again with ucl's question offensively here it's it's gonna be it's 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 gonna be a a tough tough outing for them uh you know you're you're on the road uh you know uh the crowd noise uh it's gonna be a it's gonna be a part of it you know teams tend to play better uh at home uh, especially in, this, in the season opener at Pitt State, you know they sell out nearly every game. I expect the same to happen Thursday. Uh, and so, you know, you talk to coach about the quarterbacks. Uh, if you didn't know, uh, last week. Uh, coach has decided on his quarterbacks, and uh, this is what he said about them. It's uh, we're gonna play all three of them. All three. Yeah, they're gonna play all three of them. We, they're all gonna have separate roles, uh, but we're gonna play all three of them. We, we know that. 
So, um, yeah, there you go. All three quarterbacks are going to play. Uh, again, I'm curious to see how, that, how, that's, how that's going to work. Uh, none of them have starting experience at the D2 level. Um, you know, they, they're all highly touted guys. Uh, they're all talented quarterbacks, as I, as I said uh, in the last uh, podcast. Um all, all, all of them. I feel like you can win with. Um, it, it's just I'm just curious to see what those roles will be. Naturally, you didn't want to go into great, great detail about those roles. Uh, I can assume that Chandler Garrett's role is going to be again in that sort of yardage package. Uh, as far as Keats, uh, Calhoun, and Will Collins' roles, I'm not sure. Uh, that, that's what I'm interested to see how that works. If they're going to alternate between different series, or if it's going to be you know, uh, certain plays for each. I'm just curious to see how that how that works. But uh, another big thing is with all three of those guys is going to be handling handling the crowd. And uh, this is what Coach uh, Nick Bobek had to say about that. So you know, it's, it's going to be, it's definitely going, it's going to, it's going to be a test. It's going to be a test for the quarterbacks, uh, for the new, uh, for for the, for the new receiving core as well. Um, you know, as I said, as I mentioned earlier, the ratio there, <clears throat> uh, 16 touchdowns to only 13 interceptions. That's a, that's a, again is a heck of a ratio. Um, so you know, they they naturally they have talented corners, uh, talented uh, pass coverage. And so it's going to test them as well. And it's also going to, going to test an unproven line for UCO. I mean, 31 sacks, though. That's 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 a that's a pretty good amount of sacks. And, and again, this is off much a line for UCO here, as I mentioned uh in in the last last episode. Definitely have some questions that uh need that have to be answered fast here, uh, especially if UCO wants to uh come away with a win. Um some other important numbers to note here of Pitt State. Uh, last season, they won the time the time of a, a possession battle, uh, which isn't surprising seeing the amount of times that they run. Um, 33 minutes and 19 seconds to 26 minutes and 41 seconds. So again, uh, you kind of force teams there to uh, make each present each opportunity they have count. Uh, and it's probably going to come down to it again uh, for UCO. Um, they they converted 40% of their third downs. Uh, the opponents only converted 37%. They converted 46% of their fourth downs, and their opponent only, only converted 20%. Uh, there were 14 or 17 on field goals. Uh, they scored on 85% of their red zone trips, opponents 77%, and 60% of those red zone trips were touchdowns. And for the opponents, only 58%. So, uh, Pitt State defensively here, again, it, it's going to be it's going to be a tough game. Uh, last year's matchup, they held a UCL offense, again, that averaged 37.7 points to only 28. So, you know, we're talking about 
almost 10 points under the season average. Uh, you know, that that's 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 no small task there. I mean, a, a lot a lot of teams last year couldn't do that for UCL. I mean, uh, you know, outside of yeah, you know, outside of, you know, uh Northwest Missouri, they're the only ones that held UCO under uh, 30 points actually. So um I know West Missouri State at that time was the number one team in the, in the country. So, uh, Pitt State, again, tough, uh, tough defense uh, in last year's matchup. Uh, just, just to give you a breakdown there, UCO, um, it, was, it was a back and forth game. Uh, they scored a touchdown. Uh, they cut it within three with about two or so minutes to go left in the, in the game. Uh, the defense, they had a chance to get a stop, but a blown coverage uh, cost them that opportunity, and Pitt State subsequently ran up the clock. And so, uh, you know, UCO lost a tough one there. Uh, but some numbers from the from, uh, last year's matchup, uh, UCO actually won the first down battle, 16-15. Uh, to 15. Um, they won the passing battle uh, naturally again, uh, 267 yards to 174 yards. Uh, but the rushing battle definitely was not in their favor. Uh, they had 87 rushing yards, uh, to pitch 229. Uh, Pitt also averaged five yards of carry. Uh, again, this is going to be cru- crucial. That UCO stopped the run. Uh, you know, uh, I coached missing earlier there. Uh, the key definitely is going to be stopping the stopping the run here. Uh, you know that that the five yards of carry is concerning. That you know that means every two carries essentially is the first down. Uh, you, you're talking about wearing out a defense here. I, I, I know we're deep, but still with those long drives, the eat at your clock, and then you're putting more pressure on a, a young and experienced offense to try to score points. Uh, that's not a good recipe for victory. Um, UCL was outgained last year, uh, 354 yards to 403 yards. And again, to the running aspect here, UCO ran eight less plays. No, nine, my bad. Nine less plays than Pitt State did last year. So that's, you know, that's nine less opportunities you have to put points on the board. Uh, you know, that might not have been as big. It was obviously big last year, but it's going to be even bigger this year, especially, again, with the new experienced quarterbacks, receivers, and, you know, up front. Um, the time of the time battle was close. Pitt State only won that by about two and a half minutes. Uh, on third downs, UCO was 5 of 13. Pitch State was 7 of 17. Uh, and then in, in the red zone, uh, UCO was a perfect 3 out of 3, and Pitt scored 3 out of 4. But the sacks, uh, Pitt had 4 sacks in that game, and so again, uh, it's going to be key that the offensive line that has looked shaky uh, so far really put their best foot forward. Um, Again, I'm, I'm really hoping that uh, Ben Ralston can, uh, uh, can 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 come come in there at guard. Uh, he missed most of the spring with the high ankle sprain, but I'm I'm hoping he can come in there at guard. Uh, what I saw in that scrimmage uh, was not promising. 
uh, again, uh, was against uh, UCL does have a better uh, front, uh, but without Carson Smith, uh, all conference nose guard in there, uh, the patch was was pretty bad. Um, you know, quarterbacks were kind of running their lives at times. Uh, so uh, I, again, that's kind of going to be a key a key area there to, to you know look out for is, is can the line give whoever's back their quarterback that time. Uh, and can they also open up open polls? I'm sure UCO would like to establish the running game. Uh, that definitely would take pressure off of where was the quarterback. Um, but some, you know, some a breakdown of Pitt State here now. I want to go into a little bit about what you can expect uh, from uh, uh, from them. Some of the key players on both sides of the ball. So um, I'm gonna start off with the uh, with, with the offense. So. Um, uh, uh, in last season matchup, Pitt had 200-yard rushers. Uh, their leading 1,000-yard uh, rusher, he graduated. So now the starting back is sophomore Tucker uh, Horak. Uh, he had he had 72 carries, 405 yards, and one touchdown. Uh, I said he was the backup to uh, Michael Rose, the 1,000-yard rusher who has since uh, 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 graduated. Uh, Horak is 5'10", 192. Um, haven't seen him play live because it was a road game uh, last year, but uh, he had 100 yards against UCLA last season, so again, uh, I expect him to get more carries this year naturally as the future back. Um, at quarterback, they, they also split quarterbacks. Uh, last year, one of them departs, and one of them uh, returns, and then that is senior John Rodriguez. Um, he, he takes over full time now, as I just said. Uh, he's a pretty big size quarterback, uh, 6'5, 220 pounds. Uh, he spent a year at San Houston State as a redshirt before transferring to Pitt State. Uh, currently in his career, he has 4,679 uh, passing yards with 31 touchdowns and has also ran for 1,119 yards and 14 touchdowns. Uh, as far as his standing in program history at Pitt State, he is fourth in career pass attempts with 609, uh, and uh, also fourth in completion percentage. He's sixth in career passing yards, uh, eighth in career passing t- touchdowns, and is a two-time team captain. So, uh, man's no slouch here. As we can see, the man is definitely uh, no, uh, no, uh, no, no slouch. He is a threat in both through the air and on the ground. Uh, last season, he appeared in nine games, uh, throwing for 919 yards with a three to seven ratio, uh, but also ran the ball uh, 91 times with 335 yards and one touchdown. So uh, he might not be the most accurate passer in the world. Uh, this is where UCO can, you know, you would like to think they could take advantage of it. But again, uh, as I mentioned last episode with the, with the uh, departure of Stephon Robinson, uh, secondary, yeah, not as strong as it once looked. Um, you know, you factor in now, you might have uh, Kobe Underwood uh, starting out there. You know, he's a registered freshman. Uh, you know, coaches are high on him. But again, uh, you know, we already lost. Uh, you're throwing him out there. And then the, you know, the other corner, 
uh, isn't going to be experienced either, really. It might be uh, registered freshman Daniel Bauman, who I mentioned last time, uh, definitely has the signs that it takes for three to make an impact, or it could be true freshman uh, Jamie on Jamie on Robinson from Northeast Academy. Uh, he also looked good in the uh, in the scrimmages or it, it, they could move somebody from safety they could move Malik uh, Malik Walker from to the corner uh, you got O'Shea Harris who's back there versus two so uh, you know uh, again the UCO should be able to get a pass rush uh, I, I know I mentioned earlier Pitt State only allowed the 17 sacks but I really think UCO can, can get a pretty good uh Pass rush. Uh, they have a deep rotation of guys that they can they can throw throw at them here. Uh, again, Carson Smith plugging the middle up there. Uh, Eli Hooks coming 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 off one end. Uh, Justin Stewart in his seven and a half sacks. Uh, you know, you, I think you you can get they can get a pretty good a pretty good pass rush. It's just uh, in coverage. Uh, and ooh, the guy that they mainly have to cover here is uh, Lorenzo West. Uh, Lorenzo West is actually a lot native. He was a teammate of Will Collins and Lon MacArthur. Uh, <clears throat> actually owns MacArthur's single season school school records for receiving yards with 1,176 and touchdowns with uh, 17. It was 17. And like I mentioned before, it was part of the uh, state state cha- state championship team with uh, Will Collins at MacArthur. Uh, last season, the 5'11", 171-pound West had 40 catches for 518 yards and five touchdowns and averaged nearly 13 yards catch. So, uh, again, that's going to be the guy in the passing game that Pitt State's probably going to be targeting the most. So, uh, you know, he's, he's not, he's not, he's not, it's not short, but it's not ultra tall. So, you know, if we're thinking, if you put Kobe Underwood on him, you're thinking that's about Underwood's 5'9". So that's about a two-inch height difference there. Um, so you're about even on, on that that front. If you put Daniel Bauman on him, you know, he's about two, three inches taller. So that's actually a plus for you. And, you know, and then again, if you move Malik Walker, who I believe is around 5'10", 5'11", you're at an even matchup there. And and uh, uh, O'Shea Harris is about six foot one. So, um, as far as height goes, as far as length goes, uh, UCO's corners on that front should be even. Again, it's just you have an, you have a, an experienced guy in Lorenzo West. You have a three year starter in, Lo- in Lorenzo West uh, against two. Uh, talented but inexperienced corner uh, is a, 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 that that's a matchup to definitely uh, watch out for, especially if Pitt does get that run game going. Uh, that will definitely open up the pass game because uh, UCO would then have to commit more players to the run, and then uh, therefore leaving more one-on-one coverages here. And again, as I mentioned in that scrimmage. Uh, Kobe Underwood struggled some, uh, especially when trying to press or bump and run. So um, I, I, I don't think Renzo West is just this like monstrous, you know, physical guy. But I still think that Lorenzo West, uh, again, I haven't seen him play, but if Lorenzo West, uh, you know, is stronger than his 171 pound frame might, might, uh, 
my brain to the imagination, then there could be some some uh, trouble there. Um, defensively, uh, Pitt State actually returns their two best defenders, uh, Morgan. Uh, ooh, okay, I'm, I'm going to try not to not butcher this man's name. Uh, Morgan Salamia, uh, 5'11", 196-pound safety. Uh, he actually led the team in sacks. So uh, that should tell you they're probably going to send a lot of blitzes. A lot of blitzes, probably from a lot of different angles is going to be my guess on that. Uh, he had eight sacks last year. Uh, as a true freshman, uh, as a true freshman. So uh, this is a guy, I'm telling you, when I say, you know, at the D2 level here, you're using a resurgent unless you're low at a position or you're really talented. This guy is just really talented. Uh, you know, eight sacks from a safety position here, uh, that's pretty darn impressive. I don't care what level you're on. Uh, eight sacks is impressive. He also had one interception. Uh, in last year's matchup, he had a tackle and half sack, but I would like to think uh, he would he would have a bigger impact uh, this year. Naturally, I'm pretty sure UCLA is going to do everything they can to put a hat on him when he does blitz, uh, try to throw the ball away from his side. Um, but again, uh, and he's, he's 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 got pretty good size. I mentioned earlier, you know, UCLA's receiving core minus Dustin Bosk. Uh, you know they're they're all they're all big, whether they're tall or whether they have some meat on their bones. So I definitely, and you know, at his size, it looks like he he might have the strength to you know compete in if we, if they decide to jam him and you know if they decide to press him. But uh, he he has the strength to possibly actually hold his own. Uh, so that's much up to uh, definitely look out for. Um, the other key player they have is Josh Hornback, uh, a 6'2", 171-pound junior, sa- uh, junior safety as well. He actually led the team in tackles uh, last year with 70, uh, had four for loss, two interceptions, two pass breakups, and also blocked two kicks. So not only uh, can this can this man impact in the run and pass game here, but also on special teams. Uh, so... You know, this is a guy you definitely have to put a hat on in all three phases of the uh, of the game here. Uh, again, at, at, at six at six two here, I mean, this is this is some pretty good size. I mentioned I just mentioned the, the size of UCLA's receiving core. But here we have a guy that's either the same height or only a couple of inches shorter than you know than than than, than what what we have out there. So. Um, it, it, it might be tough. It, it, it might be tough in the in the past game here. Uh, again, I would like to think you're going to do UCO. You're going to, you're going to uh, come out there. You're going to try to establish the run game. You know, as I mentioned, you have four backs. Uh, Bobek said that he's going to travel four backs. So you have four quality backs. All four backs are capable of starting, in my opinion. I mean, I, I'm sure you're going to see Clay, Clay McKenzie out there, you're probably going going to see Jake Stanley, you're probably going to see uh, Bruce White out there, and you're probably going to see either Tyreek French or Justin Curry, uh, one of those two. Uh, but again, you have a lot of backs that you can throw at them here, and it will take a lot of pressure 
uh, for where's the quarterback and the new and the new receivers because I would imagine if I'm Pitt State here, just looking at the scouting report, I, I'm going to definitely double team uh, Elliot Curry because Elliot Curry right now uh, is really the only proven threat. I mean, I mentioned uh, Dustin Bosk. You know, he had the two. Uh, Two, two touchdown catches in, in his debut. Uh, but again, he didn't play a full season. Uh, again, he was the fourth, fifth receiver at times. So, you know, really the main guy who's proven that he is a legitimate threat to you is Elliot Curry. So I would expect definitely some extra attention on him. They'd be wise to double team him. Uh, let the new guys, let the unproven guys come in there and beat you. You know, uh, this is a good time for uh, Ronald Turner Jr., who I'm, I'm high on again with his six four frame. Uh, this is this is time for him for him to make his make his presence known here. Uh, uh, you know. Uh, Kill Hall, uh, six foot three. Hey, you know, you, he's Bobek has been high on you since 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 since, since they you signed. Hey, now is the chance to prove him right on that. I mean, it, now is the time for receivers to step up here in the passing game because uh, if the line holds up, we have the quarterbacks to, to get them the ball. I have no doubt in my mind that both Keats and Will Collins, when called upon, will definitely get the ball. Uh, it's just a matter of getting open and a matter of catching the ball. Uh, and then a special teams game, as I just mentioned, with Hornback and his two block kicks. Um, the kicking for uh, Pitt State is Jared, Jared, Jared Vincent, a Claremore native. Uh, he is a junior. He was 14 and 17 on field goals last year with a long of 47, uh, 44, 48 on point afters, and led the team in scoring with 86 points and uh, 7.2 points points per game. So uh, this is a guy that has a leg. I mean, he he's he's pretty accurate. He only missed three field goals. He had a long of 47. Uh, that's no chip shot. So, um, uh, so the kids, so you know, the, again, you know, that last year was a game where it was decided by, by a field goal. So, uh, you know, if Penn State can't do it again here, you're comfortable with this man hitting it from 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 from, from 47. That's a that's another weapon uh, that can't be understated here. Uh, punting for them uh, is Carter Anchors, and Carter Anchors is a very interesting guy. I learned uh, so Carter Anchors is a 6'1", 200 pound senior, and a returning All American. So. Uh, you can definitely affect the field position game here. You have an all-American punter. Uh, punters sometimes can kind of go under the radar. You know, it's just a punter, but, but punters can really change 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 the game here. I mean, punters can put the field for you. You know, you have a you have a booming 50-50-yard punt, and you know, next thing you know, you're pinned down in your own end zone. That changes your play calling here. That changes how you how you approach things. That definitely, especially as a, as a young offense now that, that definitely you know that might cause you to panic someone's going to turn up your play calling you might have to be more conservative you know which could result in you know a quick three and out so uh don't don't underestimate the power that connor that carter anchors can have in the game uh yeah we're 
37.1 yard, yards of punt uh, with a long of 57, and he down 16 inside the 20. So, again, I mentioned that it's good. If he can down him inside the 20, uh, make, you know, make uh, UCO go the, you know, 80-yard drives, you know, make them make them work for it. Don't, don't you know, they, they can win the field system battle here. It's going to make it that much harder on UCO to score the ball. Uh, and he had three or more punts for uh, 50 yards. So, uh, but I mentioned his size because he also doubles as a linebacker. I uh, actually had 10 tackles, including two two for loss uh, last season. So, uh, in the in the you know when you're returning on those punts, watch out because this man is all can actually tackle you. He's not one of these punters that just dies at your feet. No, no, he can actually. Probably make a form tackle. You know, he had 10, 10 tackles uh, last year. So, uh, that that's a first for me. A punter that plays linebacker. Uh, uh, hey, more power to you, Carter. More power to you. Um, they also did have a punt block. So, uh, you know, that could be an area too. If UCO can generate a, a good good rush there. You know, but, you know, block punts also can change, can change games. So, uh, and in the return game, uh, West doubles as their punt returner. Uh, last season, he returned 13 punts for 256 yards at 19.7 yards kick and had a long of 30. So, uh, again, if you're returning almost 20 yards punt return there, that's that's a good chunk of, chunk of, chunk of yards. UCO has to do a good job in punt coverage, uh, making, making, making sure that they wrap up there sometimes you know tackling as uh you know i've been watching uh last night there were quite a few uh high school football games on and you know one thing i noted man was that tackling appears to be a lost art i mean i saw a lot of artemis tackles a lot of people tackling high now instead of you know going going low uh, a, a lot of shoulder tackling a lot of arm tackling here so tackling is going to be key because uh, you know if pitch they can get some short fields that makes it that much easier for them to put points on the uh on the board uh now they're going to be breaking in a new kick returner i wouldn't be surprised if west is also their new kick returner uh but again, special teams is going to be another area, uh, especially when your offense might struggle here. Special teams are going to be that much more key for UCO, uh, both in the return and coverage game. Uh, and then finally, as far as kickoffs go, uh, <clears throat> Pitt State has their own kickoff specialist, uh, Todd Morrow, a sophomore. Uh, he averaged 56.8 yards on 69 kickoffs with 14 touchbacks. So, uh, you know, again, um, while UCO did lose J.T. Uh, Looper and Josh Josh Parkett, both, uh, both you know, our return guys, uh, you, you, can, you can put the ball in the end zone. You're not gonna have to worry about those uh, about those uh, kickoff returns. So uh, again, special teams can play more more of a factor in this in this game than one might one might imagine here. But uh, as far as the keys for UCO in this in this game, uh, again, I think it's going to be imperative on defense that um, <clears throat> they're gonna have to win the battle at the line of scrimmage. Um, I, I have no doubt in my mind that they can do that. Uh, 
you know, with Carson Smith in there, uh, you know, again, an all-conference nose, nose, uh, nose guard, 315, you know, uh, Mike Rios, Tulsa tra- transfer in there. Again, I mentioned last time they got two other Jucos at 300 pounds. Uh, I, I, you know, they got, they got a nice solid group of ends uh, that, again, that can, you know, rush the passer and defend the run. Uh, you're, you're eight deep at, at, at linebacker. Uh, you know, you got Colton Lindsey who had 100 tackles last season. Uh, you got Chris Pogai who had 32 tackles last season. Uh, and then you have Alex Figure, you know, uh, Alex Figure, Figueroa. Again, the NFL prospect at 6'4", 240. So I usually don't have the talent uh, to stop the run, to win the battle up front. Um, and then, you know, when, when that happens, you're going to force them to have to throw the ball. We clearly said by the stats, they aren't really the best passing team. You know, they had 15 touchdowns to 10 receptions uh, last season. So, uh, again, the key here would be definitely taking them out of their out of their run heavy game, forcing them to pass the ball. Um, you know, you force them to pass the ball. Uh, I, I, again, I would like to think that the pass runs can probably get 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 some sacks and at least get some pressure on them there. Uh, force them into some more swing and outs. Uh, you know, uh, and, and then at that point, if you force them to pass, well, the only proven receiver, as I mentioned, was Lorenzo West. So, that bodes well for an experienced young secondary. Uh, again, that's supposed to be corners. Now it's safety. We got uh, we have Addison Staggs. Uh, Addison Staggs is going to be key in this game because Addison Staggs is probably going to have the job of making sure that everybody's lined up in uh, in the correct spot, and that that's key too because as I mentioned earlier. Uh, you know, you should have had a chance to get off the field and give Chad Stallard and them a chance to win the game. But a blown assignment, you know, costing the game, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be Ashton Stagg's job to make sure that that doesn't happen again. Uh, as, as a leader, as a six-year uh, senior back there, man, that's, that's played a lot of football. Uh, it's it's going to be key for him to make sure that he's in the right spot, that everybody 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 else is in the right, the right spot, and that whoever is out there at corners, um, you know, that they don't, they don't, you know, that the moment isn't too big for them, that, you know, that uh, they come out there and they do their job and they don't try to do too much. They don't, uh, they don't press, you know, that, that they uh, stay within the scheme, you know, that they play sound, sound assignment football. Um, and I, I think if they can do that, uh, from a defensive standpoint, they have a chance to win the game uh, offensively. It's going to be a mystery. I would like to think um, that Yusuf is going to try everything they can to get that run game going. Uh, Getting the run game going, as I mentioned earlier, would definitely assist the quarterbacks, uh, especially, you know, a three-quarterback system here that you're not sure how that's going to work. Uh, but what you do know that what can work is a simple handoff. So, you know, you can, you can get, you know, <clears throat> uh, Clay McKenzie um, and Jake Stanley and Bruce and whoever the fourth back is, whether that be Tyreek French or Justin Curry going, uh, you 
you would have a shot. I mean, uh, because not only then are you forcing them to, to come up and then, you know, you might force them to have to play some, you know, they have to play a Lillian Curry or, or a Ronald Turner Jr. Uh, one-on-one. And those are battles that I feel like UCO can probably win. I mean, the, uh, Curry is a very physical guy. I mean, you know, from, from 5'11", 185 pounds, Lillian Curry is a physical guy. I mean, I witnessed some jump balls, some face to him, and Lillian Curry, more times than not, comes down with those balls. So, uh, that's a matchup if they can get them on one, if they can get the receivers on one on one, I really believe can uh, definitely be in UCL's favor. Um, you know, uh, the offensive line I think is going to be key in this game for UCL. I mentioned it earlier, I mentioned that on the last podcast briefly, but the line line is going to be key uh, because again. Everything starts up front. So, as much talent as we have in the backfield, it's not going to matter if that's the holes. So, you know, you're going to need your your uh, your your Tyler Stillwells, your Nick Georges, your Noah Hammonds to, you know, help the other two guys. You know, if, if Ben Ralston, if he is the guy at guard, uh, that's great because we have, you know, an experienced guy who's, who's played some played some snaps, knows the system. So, you know, that, that'll, that'll help out a lot. But if it's not Ralston, whoever can throw out there at guard, got to be ready to uh, come out there and protect the quarterbacks, open up the holes. I mean, you know, UCLA's offense, you know, last year, I mentioned, I mentioned the, the uh, numbers. I mean, if Pitt State held them to nearly 10 points under the season average, and mind you, that was with a, a, a experienced line. That was with the best keeping in school history. That was with the NFL wide receiver. That was with the best receiver stat-wise in college football last year. It's going to be tough. I mean, this is this is going to be tough. It's one of those where, to me, the defense is probably I wouldn't say going to have to win the game, but definitely going to have to make some plays, uh, get some short fields. You know, when when they get to the red zone, limit them to three points uh, because. Uh, I mean, especially with Pitt State returning their top two players defensively, uh, both being safety. So that, that's even worse, again, for an experienced passing game. Your top two defenders are both safeties. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be critical that they get a hat on uh, Salamia. You know, uh, with the eight eight sacks, you know, then I have to definitely watch out for him. I'm imagining Pitt's going to send some pressure, uh, testing the offensive line there, so they have to know their assignments. Uh, you know, the the uh, the backs, uh, especially if that fourth back is Tyreek French. Uh, I know Coach said in the spring that Tyreek French was still trying to pick up blocking. You know, I mean, he moved in from from wide from from receiver, so while he is an asset in the passing game. And Tyree French is still struggling, you know, uh, and pass protection. That could be bad because that could render him almost ineffective. And then you go in with just the three back, and then no offense to Bruce, but you know, at 5'5, 150, Bruce is the biggest guy in the world. So, you know, it, it's going to be crucial 
uh, that you know that we block it's, it's going to be more crucial now the uh that the uh backs you know marshall tolston uh who um coach said is the best in, inline blocker in the conference hey uh, marshall now is your time to prove it now is your time to prove it uh daxton williams uh two, 265 pounds and now is your time to prove it you know it's going to be critical in this game because they're a key part of the blocking game uh you know they're going to definitely help out especially on on the edge if they try to run the ball uh out of bounds and you know if they try if they try to run the ball to, to the outside if if they cut it out outside it's going to be key for them and it's also going, going to be key for them too uh in the passing game because um you know Caleb Moss uh while he didn't really have you know great numbers I mean he had like just for 58 yards and one touchdown but you know just having him there uh I think I think we'll definitely see the H-backs get more involved in the passing game uh in early on in the season I think until you get that receiving the court settled and who's gonna be the go-to guy besides Curry and who's gonna uh, step up. It's going to be key that those guys also be involved in the passing game, uh, that, that they, you know, provide that security blanket <coughs> for, the, for the quarterbacks. Um, and then the special teams, uh, you know, again, as I mentioned here, the uh, state blocked five kicks, uh, you know, so again, you see those offense here. Yeah, every time you would like to get the seven points, and I, I think that's the goal of everybody on every drive is to get seven points. But if it comes down to three, three points here, you definitely need to make sure that uh, Alex Alex Cueto uh, can get the kickoff. Uh, I mean, you know, this this might be a game where it might be a defensive struggle. Um, so every point is going to matter, and you know if, if you get a blocked field goal, that's that's three points right there that's gone, and those are three points that could maybe decide you a game, decided you a game last season. So, um, and, and then finally, to me, the other key here is uh, looking at the scoring at the, at the scoring breakdown. The second quarter is going to be huge. Uh, Pitt State last season outscored their opponents in, in the second quarter, 132 to 56. So it's going to be key that uh, UCL to, uh, can be competitive and score in, in the second quarter. Um, you know, definitely don't want to go into half uh, on the road with an inexperienced uh, offense. And at that point, you know, depending on, depending on what the score is on how the game's gone so far, the offensive confidence m- might be, you know, high, might be low, might be shot to all get out. You know, you don't know. So it's imperative that UCO keep that game close um, because, uh, you know, in the third quarter, Pitt State only outscored their points by seven. So you can keep it, keep it, keep it close. You make you make a run in that in that third quarter there, and you and you never know. I mean, you know, Pitt State they're gonna be fired up. It's season opener. It's the home opener. It's the conference opener. Uh, because if you all do do not know, I forgot to mention this on the last podcast. Um, in the conference that that UCLA was currently in, uh, every game was a conference game. All 11 games are a conference game. So, you know, where, where OSU has 
on the Missouri State and South Alabama to open up the season with the first two games. Mm-hmm. Now, you see what's right into conference play. So every game mm-hmm. is is pretty much a must-win game. So you don't really have room for errors here. So you, so you know Pitt State, uh, you know, like I said, they're home. It's the home opener. It's the conference opener. Uh you know, they, they, they have a lot of experience back. Uh, playing in Pitt State is never easy. After one of those where Friday night lights in Texas, you know how the whole town closes down for that. That's the way it is for Pitt State football. So you can, you can expect a pretty good crowd. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm going to expect at least what I heard this seat, what, 89,000? So I'm going to expect the 89,000 to be there. Uh, it's definitely going to be a loud environment. As, as, as Coach mentioned earlier, it's definitely going to be a test for the, uh, for the uh, quarterbacks, and it's, it's going to determine a whole lot about this team. Uh, if, if they go up there and pick and, you know, we get blown out, should we struggle? You know, it, it could be it could be a long season. You know, if, if we go, go up there and compete, you know, we have a tough loss that we did last year, but, you know, the QBs went up there and they executed and they, and they did their job and it was a close game, then I, I think that that's a promising step that you can build on heading uh, heading into next week's game. Um, so, you know, it, I think it's all, it's all going to depend to me on what the defense does, on uh, what the quarterbacks, you know, does. And again, uh, I, I have faith in the quarterbacks. Uh, like I said, I both of them, both of those guys are winners. Uh, and I think that's that's definitely something that that can't be overlooked. Uh, I know it was at the high school level, but both both these guys won high, uh, won a lot. Um, they both have talent. They both have the football smarts. Uh, and I think they can both go up there and get it done. This is going to depend on again the offensive line. Uh, I think the receiving core can can make enough plays. I think you can make enough plays in the in the passing game to keep the ball moving. Uh, I, I think if if uh, say if, if the line can give them time, I, I don't see why this cannot be a competitive game. Uh, you would like to see them win this game. Uh, I, I, I would definitely like to see them win this game. But you know, uh, if, if 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 it's come down to a three point loss again. I don't necessarily think I'm going to be saddened by that. I'm going to probably be encouraged by that because it's telling me that, hey, we're not that far off here. I mean, if we have, you know, this is the first game we're using three quarterbacks, uh, you know, with two of them not really playing much, both whoever is, you know, starting, making their first career start at the college level, you know, receiving core with, you know, one proven receiver pretty much. I mean, again, I you know I know we have boss, but still the Curry pretty much. And then, you know, you got your offensive line breaking in two uh two starters there. I think it's gonna say say uh say I uh, see a lot here. It's gonna say, you know, hey this team this team is still gonna be good. Um you know, we, we were receiving some top 25 votes. Uh, so, you know, we go up there and, like I said, we either come away with a win or, or, or a close loss. I think this definitely would bode well for everybody here. I think it's going to give them confidence. I think you can go up there if, if, you're, if you're a coach 
Bo Beck and you go over there and you know you have a 31-28 loss again and you have a 35 to 30, you know, 31 loss again. I, I think you can definitely but off of that, off of that, off of that loss. Say, hey, you know, Pitt State is gonna put so free. You know, you got a tough environment now. You've you've seen what is what it's like, you know, the the, the uh, D1 transfers, the quarterbacks, now you know what you can now you have stuff on film. You you have an idea now about what it's going to take to win at a high level in, in the in, in the conference. And so I think you're going to learn a lot about this team in the Pitt State game. Uh, again, uh, the pitch day game is uh, this Thursday at seven o'clock p- uh, p.m. You can um, you can watch it on the MIAA uh, network. Uh, you can you can buy the one day pass for ten dollars uh, on the website. That's probably what I will be doing because I really want to see this. I, I, I'm curious uh, to see how this three QB system works. Um, you know, I, 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 I wish it was a home opener again because that, that would just be great. That would just be great. But, you know, <laughs> uh, so I'll be watching it online, uh, definitely for sure. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that my Broncos can come away with the season opening win. I think that would be great. A, a, a great start. Uh, definitely a momentum builder for us. And so um, I definitely am, not, am looking forward to this game. So, uh, again, that is uh, this Thursday at 7 o'clock in Pittsburgh, Kansas. Um, uh, that's, 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 going to, uh, that's going to do it. Um, you know, I, I, I said, I know I said last week that I might talk more about the quarterbacks and linebackers, but I don't think that there's really a need for that now. I think you guys pretty much know linebackers are deep, the quarterbacks are talented and inexperienced. Uh, so uh, if you missed last week's episode, it's still on here. I told you about... Uh, it's, it's it's about an hour long, but it, it's a it's a good show. It's a lot of a lot of information in that show. I tell you a lot about each prospect, each uh, each position group. Um, you know the stories, the the uh, background on the on the players. So uh, pretty much that's give you everything that you need, that you need to know uh, about the players last week, and then this week uh, everything you need to know about Pitt State. So. Uh, Next time on the Cho Show, uh, we'll be recapping the pitch day game, uh, hopefully a win. But uh, in any case, we'll be recapping the game. Um, I saw I'll, I'll be watching the game, so I'm definitely going to uh, j- jotting down some uh, notes as I go as I go uh, along. Um, so we're bringing that that down, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, well, you know, we can improve on uh, moving forward. You know, what what stood out to me, what if there was any players, you know, who, who really just blew me away, uh, you know, what the and, and, and then, you know, uh, recapping that will be uh, previewing the, uh, the current game. Uh, currently was a game that uh, UCO won last year by 14 points. It was actually a hard-fought game. Uh, so we'll be doing that. Uh, so as, <clears throat> expect uh, next time on 
Show Show, a recap and a preview of the upcoming game. That you also on a Thursday. I will have more, more details about that next week. But thank you all for, for listening to another episode of Show Show here on the SwallFreport.com. I am JD Smith, and I will see you all next time.